I begin Easter Sunday morning with a true story. So everything I'm about to say, it really did happen. Uh, there was a federal prisoner named John Giles, and uh, he was in prison for murder. He escaped, and then he was caught later uh, with another major crime. Anyway, uh, for prisoners like John Giles, only the Alcatraz federal prison uh, in their minds could hold him. So he was transferred to Alcatraz. Uh, officially, only six prisoners ever escaped Alcatraz, and all six of them died by drowning in the San Francisco Bay. Anyway, John worked uh, at the loading dock where the U.S. Army would send their laundry to the prison to be cleansed and pressed, okay? So John, every day, is helping unload all of the uh, laundry from the pr to be taken care of by the prison. Anyway, he saw an opportunity, so he, over several months, stole one item at a time. And he'd wait a week, and over several months, he was able to steal a complete army uniform. So now, now the plan is in motion. One summer day when everything was just right, John got dressed in the army uniform he had stolen, and he stepped onto the army boat pretending to be an army technical sergeant. Um, however, he thought the boat was going to go to San Francisco Bay, but instead the boat actually went to Angel Island where uh, the army base Fort McDowell is located. So now he knew he was in a little trouble. Uh, John was okay when he was on the boat. He fooled everybody wearing the uniform of an army officer. John looked the part on the outside, but on the inside, he knew I'm still a criminal. I I'm still belonging uh, uh, as a prisoner back at Alcatraz. Anyway, the boat stopped, an officer on duty looks at John uh, and he said, something's not quite right. Uh, can I see your pass? Showed him the pass and the officer said the pass was a mess. <laughs> he knew instantly it was a forged pass. So although he was able to get all the way to Angel Island, make it to Fort McDowell, now they said, you're not staying. And instantly, he was returned to Alcatraz prison, okay? One of the most sobering truths in all of the Bible is this. Not everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus really is. Not everyone who thinks they're a Christian is really a Christian. Some people wearing Christian uniforms on the outside, and everybody looks at them and they say, I, I'm pretty sure that's a Christian. But Jesus tells us, but many in reality don't belong to Jesus, and they're not really a Jesus followers. They might fool other people around them. They might even fool themselves for a time. But the passage we're going to look at here this morning makes it really clear they're not going to fool Jesus. Jesus knows exactly who belongs to him 
and which ones don't. He, he knows very clearly. There's going to be no fooling Jesus. We're going to see today that genuine, authentic, biblical Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus. Think with me. It's, it's a personal, daily relationship with Jesus Christ that results in obedience. So uh, you, you don't just follow Jesus, you obey Jesus as well. We're near the end of the greatest sermon ever preached. When Jesus on the mountainside message with his disciples in the front row, picture it with me, and now a huge crowd and they're all hungry to hear what Jesus has to say about living life in a sinful, fallen, painful world. This morning we're going to hear Jesus warn us. He's going to warn us about empty things. Jesus tells us, watch out for empty words. Uh, he warns us, be careful about empty works. And finally, he says, how awful to live life with an empty heart. Would you please stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud. And I, and I have to tell you, before we read, there's some of the scariest, most disturbing words in all of the Bible. Okay? How's that just before we read Easter Sunday morning? Uh, verse 21 down to verse 23. Let's read. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Let's pray. Lord, we just acknowledge those uh, aren't easy words to read or hear. So we're going to need your help today because this is a hard and challenging section of your inspired book. So Lord, as we dig in together this morning, we, like we do most Sundays, we invite your spirit to be welcome today in your church. You come. You take charge corporately here in your church family, but Lord, more specifically, you come take charge in our individual lives. Lord, we need to hear from you. We don't just want to do church here this morning. We invite you to show up and you do a work in our lives. We're ready to be changed today as we dig into your word. And all the church family gathered here in person, all those watching online, said with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Nice job. You can be seated. Hello, balcony. How are you today? Looking good up there. Yeah. Verse 21. Here's what Jesus says. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Warning right off the bat, uh, there's going to be some deluded disciples who have the right words. Look at verse 21. Um, they call Jesus Lord, teacher. 
So, so they, they have the right words. Their words are orthodox. Their doctrine is correct. But right from the beginning, back again, verse 1, not everybody who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, is going to come in to heaven, to the kingdom of heaven. That, that's the warning. You're in trouble because uh, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Which means, uh, instead of coming to Jesus through the narrow way, we saw that last week, Pastor Brent talked about that in verse 13. Instead of coming to Jesus through the narrow, hard, uh, painful way, they're going to come to Jesus through the broad road. Remember that? The wide, busy, popular, easy road. That's the road that most people, it says, are on. Uh, most people would just as soon try to get to heaven the easy way, the popular way, the wide road. Okay, So Jesus warns us. They're using the right language. They know how to talk like a Christian. You know what I'm saying? They know the lingo. They're, they got Christianese as their language. Their words are accurate, but they're empty. Back to the text, verse 22. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. So just note, uh, these deluded disciples, um, they're going to argue with Jesus. When Jesus tells them, um, hey, uh, you're going to be headed the broad road leading to destruction, they're going to disagree with the judge. They're going to disagree with the king. But they disagree. Go back to verse 22. They disagree agreeably. Lord, Lord, we've been busy. <laughs> Jesus, we've been doing lots of good stuff for you and your kingdom's sake. And they name three specific things that they've been doing. First, Lord, we prophesied, we preached uh, in your name. Secondly, Jesus, we cast out demons in your name. And finally, third, Jesus, we perform many miracles in your name. So here's my question. How is that possible? Someone who doesn't know Jesus personally... How can they preach? How can they prophesy? How can they throw out demons? How can they do miracles? Well, first I would remind you, do you remember back in Exodus, um, Pharaoh's sorcerers, Moses would do a miracle, and what would Pharaoh's sorcerers do? They would match him. <laughs> and, and I'm just telling you, Pharaoh's sorcerers were not followers of Jehovah God. So again, there, there's people who are on the other team who can do amazing stuff, powerful stuff. But I would, I would, I would have you look at Acts chapter 19, verses 13 to 16. There's this story. Um, Dr. Luke tells us seven sons of Sceva. Anybody ever heard of seven sons of Sceva? It's kind of a fun, if you have your Bible, go there real quick. But they're attracted to the power that's attached to the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? So you got seven Jews, and they don't know Jesus, 
but there's something powerful about the name of Jesus. And more than that, people would pay big money to get rid of being demon-possessed, okay? These were ancient ghostbusters, if you will, but they didn't know Jesus personally, okay? So it says one time when they tried to cast demons out of a man, uh, the demon turned to the seven sons of Sceva and said, hey, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you, seven fakers? Who, who are you? And it says, this, this is kind of funny, the demon-possessed man leaped on them, overpowered, and attacked them, and all seven sons of Sceva left the house bleeding and naked. Okay? So that's, that's a wild story uh, when you have seven people who don't know Jesus personally try to get in the middle of Jesus stuff. They liked the power, they were doing it for a while, and then they got found out and they got beat bloody, okay? Back to the text, verse 22. Jesus says, but I will reply, I never knew you. I, I, I never knew you. His response to them is strong, it's clear, I never knew you. They're astonished. They're at the judgment seat, and now they don't get it. They're surprised. They're shocked. Why? And the answer is they are convinced of their salvation. They are fully convinced we are genuine followers of Jesus. Why? Because they had the right words. Lord, Lord, verse 21. They had the right actions. They preached in Jesus' name. They cast out demons in Jesus' name. They performed miracles in Jesus' name. So here's the question. What's missing? What's missing here? Okay. It seems, Myron, it seems like these guys should have just skated into heaven because they're busy, they're doing stuff, they got the right words. What should we learn here so that we don't get shocked, so that we're not surprised on Judgment Day, okay? Go back to the text. It's pretty clear. Verse 23, Jesus says, I never knew you. I never knew you. Knew is the Greek word ginosko, which means an intimate knowledge, a personal relationship, a personal friendship with Jesus. Got that? Verse 23. Uh, it's knowing Jesus personally, intimately, having a daily abiding relationship with King Jesus. Now, these folks with empty words and empty works never had that. They never had gnosko. They never knew Jesus, and he never knew them. 1 John 1, 3 and 4 says this. We proclaim to you what our, we ourselves have actually seen and we've heard so that you may have gnosko, fellowship with us. And our fellowship, our koinonia, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Do you understand? We're telling you it's all about having koinonia with Jesus. 
The Christian life at core is having a daily personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why he says, I never knew you. I never had a personal, intimate friendship with with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God will do this for he's faithful to do what he says. And he's invited you into partnership, into koinonia with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is huge. You ready? Give me your eyes. The Christian life is all about enjoying daily partnership, a daily relationship, an intimate friendship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, and that's, that's hugely different than knowing about Jesus. The folks that Jesus is talking to, they knew about Jesus, but they never actually knew Jesus personally. They never had koinonia with Jesus Christ. Now, I would illustrate it this way. I know about Billy Graham. How about you? Yeah. I, I even know about Tiger Woods. We can, LeBron James, you can pick some famous, you know about them. But I actually know personally my wife, Denise, I can tell just by looking at her how she's doing. I can tell if it's a good day or, or if things are, are pretty stressful, okay? Uh, I'm personal friends with Pastor Chad. And I can tell by looking at him and as we talk, I can, I can tell whether things are going well in Chad's life or whether they're not. See the difference? I know about some famous people, but I don't know them. It's, it's having a personal relationship with Jesus. Back to verse 23. It says, These false disciples knew about Jesus. They knew to say the right language about the Lord Jesus. Lord, Lord. They, they knew enough to take advantage of the power of Jesus' name. But they never knew Jesus personally. And Jesus more importantly, never knew them. So they never knew him personally, and he never knew them. They had empty words about Jesus, and they did empty works for Jesus. They wound up, you ready? With empty hearts without Jesus. Empty words, empty works, empty hearts when it came to Jesus. So the first thing we learn from these verses, it's not enough just to know about Jesus. It's not enough to do things in Jesus' name. Uh, They never came to Jesus. They never trusted and loved him. There was never any daily koinonia relationship with Christ, no abiding, no connecting. They did lots of things in public, it seems, in the name of Jesus. In private, (laughs) they did very little praying. They did very little connecting. They did very little repenting. It was all public, and they didn't have that daily personal relationship with Christ. Okay? The second thing that was missing here um, with these deluded disciples is seen in verse 21. Look at the last part. It says, 
Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Catch that. Only those who actually do the will of my Father are going to enter in. Last part of verse 23, get away from me, you who break God's laws. Meaning, they were missing obedience. They were missing obeying the king. Obedience is the flip side of love. Obedience is love in action. Okay? Doing God's will involves living according to God's book. Did you catch that? Doing God's will means I'm going to live obediently with my life as best I can in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to line my life up with God's word. Okay? Something is wrong. Something is wrong when our daily actions don't line up with Jesus in his book. Okay? Our lives need to demonstrate true belief in Jesus or we don't have true belief. If, if you say, oh yeah, I love Jesus, but there's no interest in living obediently to Jesus, something is terribly wrong. Catch this. Genuine, authentic, biblical Christians have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that results in obedience. Get that, Myron? It, it results in obedience. Where do you get that? John 14, 15. Here's what Jesus says simply. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, look at it up here, obey my commandments. John 14, 23, 24. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. No obedience, you don't really love Jesus. 1 John 5, 3. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. When we have a daily, real, alive, koinonia relationship with Jesus, it just naturally flows in to I'm going to obey him. I'm, if I really love him, I'm going to show that I love King Jesus with my obedience. Now, quickly let me say the order matters. Okay? The order matters. It's key. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Okay? We are saved by grace alone in Christ alone. You want to say that with me? We are saved by grace alone in Christ alone. Okay? So that's where it begins. We're not saved by any good works or effort on our part. But once we're saved in Christ Jesus, once we've begun that personal daily uh, friendship with him, we're saved to do good works. We are saved to live obediently to Jesus and his book. So here's my question, okay? Some of you are already thinking this. 
why are we talking about the highway to hell on Resurrection Sunday? Any of you thinking that all right? Yeah. Uh, why are we discussing empty words, empty works, empty hearts on Easter Sunday morning? You want to know why? Give me your eyes. Because Jesus says many, some translators, some commentators say most people who think they're on the right road are actually on the road that leads to destruction. That's why we're talking about it here this morning. And this passage explains many people, most people who sincerely thought, I'm good with God, me and God are good, I'm religious, I do stuff, will be shocked when Jesus tells them, I never knew you, away from me, you, you evildoers, you're not living obediently. I never knew you, you never knew me. Here's the truth. Our words, our works, and our hearts don't have to stay empty any longer. Why, why are we talking about this this morning? Because of what Jesus did early Sunday morning changes everything, okay? Um, Jesus was placed in a tomb, and early Sunday morning, what happened? The tomb was emptied, Okay? Uh, death can die because Jesus didn't stay dead. Early Sunday morning, Jesus literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead and he walked out of that tomb and that changes everything. Because Jesus didn't stay dead, death can die. Okay, When he bodily, literally, physically defeated death, that means our hearts, our lives can be full. They don't have to stay empty anymore. Let me, let me give you a verse. This is huge. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us the Lord doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. The Lord wants everybody to come to repentance and come to faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, so in case you're thinking uh, Easter Sunday morning, well, the Lord just wants everybody to be on the broad. No, just the opposite. The Lord wants every one of us to come to personal faith in Jesus Christ. Here's what I believe right now. The Lord is knocking. He's knocking on every one of our heart's doors. Here today, Easter Sunday, 2022, and, and he's saying, I want all of you to come to me. I want all of you to have a personal koinonia relationship with me that results in obedience. There's this verse, Romans 10, verse 9. Here's what it says. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Say that verse with me. It's right up there on the screen. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. What's the last part? You will be saved. Jesus has warned us here, Matthew chapter 7. Many nice, good, moral, religious, church-going people 
will be shocked on the day of judgment. Many people are, are going to be there and they're thinking, well, I'm, I'm just waiting, I'm walking into glory. They will be surprised and astonished on judgment day. Why? Because they said good words about Jesus. They even called him Lord. They did good works in Jesus' name. They were busy. They were active doing stuff in the name of Jesus. But the truth is their hearts were empty of King Jesus. That's why we're talking about this Easter Sunday morning. So don't leave this morning with an empty heart. Don't, don't leave today um, with a heart that's empty and will be surprised and shocked on judgment day. Here's what I know. Jesus is ready and willing this morning to fill up your heart with himself. He's ready to begin a personal koinonia friendship with you. And did you know that can start today? Today is the day of salvation. And Jesus is saying, I'm ready to come in. I've been knocking for a long time. Will you open the door of your life and let me in? Bow your heads. Let's close as we just quietly say, Lord, would you uh, make yourself clear right now? Would you show us whether we already have a daily, intimate, personal relationship with your son, Jesus? Speak. We're listening. We're ready to do business with you right now. Lord, I don't want any of my friends here to be surprised or shocked on Judgment Day. So would you show us very clearly? Would you ask us, is there fruit? Is there obedience regularly a part of your life? Is it clear that you don't just know about Jesus, but you actually know him? personally. And here's the great news. This is, that can change today. If you're not sure, or maybe you're quite sure, I don't see little, if any, fruit. I don't see much obedience going on. Lord, that needs to change. <laughs> I, I don't want to face what we just read about. I don't want to face being surprised and shocked on Judgment Day. Romans 10, 9, you just read it with me. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right where you're seated, let's just... Let's just put that verse into action. Jesus, right now, I declare with my mouth that you are my Lord. Okay? 
Jesus, I believe in my heart that uh, you, the Father raised you from the dead. Jesus, would you come and save me right now? I want to know you personally. I want to begin a forever friendship with you right now today. I open the door of my life. I welcome you in. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for caring enough for us to warn us about the danger that's ahead. <laughs> and I'll say it again. I pray that none of my friends watching online, none of my friends here in person will be shocked on the day of judgment. Thank you again for your word. It's alive. <laughs> it grabs our hearts and our minds. So. We're ready to follow you. And if you welcome Jesus into your life today, here's the good news. You ready? We want to get you started. I have up here a life book and a bridge to life track, and we love to get that in your hands. You can come see me, make your way over to the prayer corner. We'll get you this. If you're watching online, if you'll give us your address, we'll send you this. We'll help you get going on your brand new journey with Jesus.